Welcome to this edition of the Adorable Boy Podcast. Yes, I heard the news today. The Adorable Boys are here, and we won't go away. How long? How long will we fight kowtowing? How long? Well, the answer to that question, Bono, is as long as as it exists. The Adorable Boys are here for another edition, and we hope that you had a great Thanksgiving. We hope that you followed our COVID-safe Thanksgiving rules. Uh, just another public service that the adorable boys do, because that's who we are, and that's how we that's how we roll. We got a great show planned for you. So much it is jam packed. Believe me when I tell you that it is jam packed. We have some of your favorite bits. We have some new bits. We have I'll uh, give you the rundown here for a minute. Of course, we're going to check in with John Cena and his inspirational tweet of the week. We're gonna, of course, we're gonna fight the podcast war. Of course, I'm going to say, of course, many times, of course. What else do we have? We have have another edition of War of the Roses, of course. And that's going to be great, of course. We got a new, you know, the the Wheel of Trump we did a few weeks ago. Then we did the Wheel of Biden. And this week, we are going to do the Wheel of COVID. Now, this is a good one. You're not going to want to miss it. There's a little bit of a twist from the other ones, but I think you're going to really enjoy it. Also, I met a, a new friend this week. Um, and I'll explain to you how later, how I met him, but his name is Vito and he's got a cooking segment coming up, which is great. He's going to head into the adorable boy kitchen, uh, here in the adorable boy towers. And he's gonna, he's gonna show you how to cook and, and well, you'll meet him and you'll find out all about him later. So we got that to look forward to. We're going to talk about some news, whatever else comes up. We might take some calls. Who knows? Um, we're just going to have a great time. And I just want to thank you for joining us this week. So without further ado, we're going to get right into it because we have to because there's so much to get to. And without further ado, we will head into the podcast war. Okay, this is indeed the podcast war. Another week, another offensive from the adorable boys. And this week's target, as you may have already guessed, is one kowtowing podcaster, James E. Cornette. So what I'm doing here, you know, I read a lot of books, you know, classics on, on li- classic literature and, and even war. And, and now that I've been in this podcast war, I've amped up my my education on, on the on the art of war. And I've read that book by name. I've read that book. And one thing that, that I really have, have began to understand that I must know my enemy almost as, he, as if he is my brother, if I'm going to truly defeat him, if I'm going to completely, you know, snuff out the, the flame of kowtowing. I must know my enemy intimately. So today I've employed the use of a hypnotist and he's not going to get on mic and I'll tell you why in a second, but what he's going to do is he's going to hypnotize me so that I can, I can, I can be Jim Cornette. I can experience life as him for even just, even just out of my subconscious. And through that, I'll, I'll know him better. And listen, I would love to be able to help him but I, I honestly believe, and maybe we'll find out today for sure, I believe there's no helping him. He's going to kowtow. Kowtow is going to kowtow. So he must be destroyed. And in order to destroy him, I must be him for a few minutes. Now, this is going to be tough. It's going to be mentally draining. I've prepared for it. And I, I hope I'm going to get through it okay. But I'm, I'm doing this for the war on kowtowing. I'm doing this for every podcast listener out there who, like me, is sick of kowtowing. And who's sick of Jim Cornette's kowtowing podcast. So now we have the hypnotist. 
Dr. Murray Studebaker. Been hypnot- he's, a, he's, a, he's a man who's advanced in age. He's been hypnotizing for so long, and he's gotten so good at it, he actually got a little bit out of control. So if I were to play his voice on these radio, on this podcast waves, he might hypnotize you. And I know a lot of people listen while they're driving or while they're doing other things. So I can't take that risk. I'm not going to put my, my audience in danger. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to put the adorable boy disciples in danger. And I feel like that's a, a decision that the other adorable boys would agree with wherever they are on this earth. Uh, I, I think they would agree. And we're going to bring them home. Hashtag bring them home. Hashtag adorable boys. Hashtag podcast war. So he, we already did some prep work. We've been working for a while on this. I had this idea a while ago. So the prep work's all done. He's going to say a few things to me off mic. I'm, I'm going to stay here with you. I'm not going to go anywhere. And next time you hear me after this, I'm going to be talking as if I'm Jim Cornette. Okay? So here we go. You're going to give you a few seconds of dead air here. I know that's not professional, but that's how we're doing it. And I'm going to be hypnotized. When you hear my voice next, I will be Jim Cornette. Okay. So I just stand over here. Okay. Well, Tar Nation, I hate AEW. This stupid outlaw cowboy show. Fun has no place in professional wrestling. Kenny Olivier don't know a figure four from a Texas cloverleaf, Tar Nation. I'm from Kentucky. I wish I was as successful as Tony Khan or Vince McMahon. That's where my anger comes from. And in Kentucky, we never broke kayfabe. I yell at Dairy Queen workers because I'm upset that I didn't do more with my career. And I like to take it out on them. And you know who else sucks? Vince Russo. I don't like him. He ruined wrestling. So I pick an easy target so people agree with me, even though I'm so unlikable. It makes them like me a little more, I think. I got a tennis racket and I'm from Kentucky. Chris Jericho is taking part in that terrible excuse for wrestling and I spend two hours every weekend watching it and 72 hours complaining about it. I push friends like Chris Jericho away because I believe that they will one day betray me anyway. I'm insecure and I kowtow on my podcast to get people to like me even though it doesn't work. I'm from Kentucky. Heels and faces shouldn't travel together. You gotta keep up kayfabe. My only friend was this tennis racket, and I traveled up and down the road with nary a complaint. I'm from Kentucky. Oh, wrestling today is terrible. I kowtow because I desperately want people to like me. I said that before, and I'll say it again. But I don't want to change my abrasive personality. I want to be who I want to be, and I want everyone else to like me anyway. Blah. I'm from Kentucky. Blah. Oh, my goodness. Oh, oh, my head is killing me. Oh, this is spot on back. I don't even know what happened there. Um, I kind of blacked in and out. I felt like I was just saying random things. Um, I'm going to have to listen back to that to see if it works and see, to see if I have a better understanding of Jim Cornette. Oh, wow. Goodness gracious. I'm sorry, guys. This is unprofessional, but, you know, I'm I'm really... Delving deep inside myself for this podcast war. Ooh, I I just, oh, I just I feel 
I don't know. I feel like I, I'm a hick or something right now. I, I don't think I've gotten out of Jim Cornette yet. I think I was just inside Jim Cornette and, and I don't feel good about it. Ooh, but I hope, I think, you know, I'm, I'm, as it's funny, as these seconds are going by, I'm remembering more and more. You know, I still don't have a lot of it, but I have pieces. I think this is going to, I think this is going to go well. I think, um, hopefully, hopefully this helps understand the podcast war a little better. And, and I'm just getting like things that I said and like, I hate Jim, I hate Chris Jericho and I'm mad at Vince Russo because I didn't do enough in my career. Some stuff like that. So I, I, from what I'm piecing together now, I hope, um, it worked. Uh, I guess I, I could take some phone calls. You guys can tell me what you think. And um, maybe you can even, you know, fill me in on some stuff. Because I, I swear I blacked out for a lot of that. But I, I kept coming in and out. Okay, we're going to look at the phones. They're jam-packed. Light, lit up like crazy. All right, first call. We have, um, let's see, this is Sigmund. And he is from Ocean City, Maryland. Sigmund, um, what what can you tell us? What do you got for us? Yeah, I just, I just want to say thank you for, for doing that. That sounded really tough on you. And, and I really thank you for fighting this podcast war for us. Well, you know, it's um. Thank you for the call, Sigmund. Can you can you can you tell me any more about like what? Because what, I anything else that other anything other than what I just said? Can you fill me in on, on anything? Can you give me some 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 anything new? Well, you know, no, you just you really think I think you found out what the root of his kowtowing was really his insecurities and 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 how he pushes everyone away and that's why he he kowtows. Okay, well, I mean, I kind of got the idea out of that. So thank you, Sigmund. Um, you know, I do this for you guys. I do this for podcasting. For, I do this for lady podcasting. If you're into comic books, Thanos, uh, if, if you've seen the Infinity War movie, it doesn't have this in the movie, but in the comic arc, he did all that he did, tried to get all the gems and all that. He did that for lady death. And I fight the kowtowing war for lady podcasting. So that's what I do. And it's no problem. You don't have to thank me ever. That's, you know, I'm doing it for you. I'm doing it for me. I'm doing it for everyone. Okay, I think we have time for one more call. You know, uh, we're jam-packed today. So we're going to go to uh, regular show regular, Rainy in Seattle. Rainy, what do you got for us? Hello, Spud. Yeah, I, I think that you need to stop messing around and doing things like hypnotizing and all that stuff. I think you really need to get serious. About this pod, about this podcast war. You know what? You can't come on here and try to tell me what to do in my podcast war. I make, I'm waging this. Okay. You don't think I've, I've carefully planned every strategy. What am I supposed to just go in with a nuclear bomb or all of a sudden? No, that's not what I do. Cause that would take out a lot of people and I don't want to do that. Okay. So if you don't like how I'm handling this podcast war, feel free to start one of your own, create some content, be a good podcaster. That's how you start a podcast war. So you know what? Just, Stop listening if you want. You know we we cherish our female listeners. This isn't a medium that get attracts a lot of female listeners. But I'm not going to change who the adorable boys are. I'm not going to change what this war is for for you, Rainy in Seattle. So yeah, she hung up. I don't I don't know. I just what you know what I'm not gonna. She's not gonna change how we do. This isn't her podcast war. Okay. So whatever. Okay, um, let's see. Okay, we're going to take a break. going to head to break. We'll come back. We'll, uh, we'll hit the John Cena inspirational tweet of the week. 
and we'll get into everything else on the Adorable Boy Podcast. Thank you for joining us. Are you tired of smashing bugs with shoes? Do you need something with a little more power? I'm Spud from the Adorable Boy Podcast, and I want to talk to you about Bug Gun. Listen, there's no shame in having a few unwanted guests of the insect variety. But what you do about it can determine whether you're a man or you're a mouse. The Bug Gun is just like a regular firearm but it's shrunk down so that you can sit around your house shooting bugs all day. Spiders, flies, roaches, take them all out with the bug gun. We haven't had any lawsuits yet. And we are back on the Adorable Boy Podcast. Thank you for joining us. Just had a great podcast war. Learned a lot. Um, I'm recovering still from being in the mind of Jim Cornette. So it's, it's a lonely place in there. It's a it's a it's a dark place, but not, I'm not scared of it. You know, I, I I feel like it's somewhere I needed to do. It was a battle. It was a, it was a, it was a mission. And I think I came out on top. I'm gonna you know I'm gonna reflect on that as the days and weeks pass. But I can assure you that that was a positive step in the podcast war, despite what uh, Rainy in Seattle thinks. He wants us to go in guns blazing, and that's not going to get us anywhere. I mean, we would win, but we don't want to beat someone into submission, you know? We don't want to beat the podcast world into submission. We'll beat our enemies into submission. But we have to, we have to be tactful, and, that's, and you know what? That's a great segue into our next thing, because a man who's always tactful, a man who could beat anyone into submission... Uh, Mr. John Cena, world champion wrestler, great actor. You know, any, anything you want to say about him is going to be true, any good thing. Just a great man. And he follows the adorable boys on Twitter, and that's very important. Because while, while men like Jim Cornette block us and run from us, men like John Cena want to work with us to make a better day on Twitter. So what we're doing now is we are, I put together, we put together something. We're going to do it every week now because he deserves it and you deserve it. So we're going to do the John Cena inspirational tweet of the week. John Cena's inspiring tweet of the week. John Cena's inspiring tweet of the week. It will inspire you. He will inspire you because he's John Cena, and this is his expiring tweet of the week. John Cena will inspire you with his tweets. Okay, and now this tweet he wrote during the week and what it says. He has so many inspirational tweets. Follow him on Twitter. Maybe if you're lucky, he'll follow you back. Follow, he follows your adorable voice. But anyway, if you're lucky, you'll, you'll get to see some of his genius. So this one... It's a simple tweet, few words. That's what a man like John Cena needs to do. You know, people listen when he speaks. And the tweet is, put more into making a change, not an excuse. 
it almost brings a tear to my eye. And I'm, I'm a very stoic man, usually. But what John Cena is saying here, if I may you know, venture to, to summarize, He's saying it takes a lot of energy, energy to make an excuse, mental energy, even physical energy. Use that not to, not to explain your shortcomings, but to change something, to make yourself stronger. Use that energy rather than making an excuse. Make yourself stronger. That's what John Cena does. That's what the adorable boys do. And that's how we're going to win podcasting. That's how we're going to be a number one podcasters. And that's how we're doing it. We are a number one podcasters. And... You know, even, even the adorable boys make mistakes. We're human, maybe even more so. But when we do, we learn. And we don't make excuses. We make changes like John Cena does. How do you think he won all those championships in wrestling? How do you think he does great in movies? How do you think he's an international star? He doesn't make excuses. He makes changes. So thank you, John Cena. And you have, that is the John Cena inspirational tweet of the week. John Cena's inspiring tweet of the week. John Cena's inspiring tweet of the week. It will inspire you. He will inspire you because he's John Cena. And this is his inspiring tweet of the week. John Cena will inspire you with his tweets. Okay, wonderful, wonderful thing. John Cena's inspirational tweet of the week. Uh, he inspires us all, every day, with his, with his greatness. Uh, Frank and Beans is telling me we have to take another break, which I hate because we just took a break not too long ago. But that's how sponsors go, you know, and we love our sponsors. So, going to send this to break. The Adorable Boy Podcast will be back after this. Okay, wonderful uh, live read time. We love our live reads. We love our sponsors. We love our sponsors. Yes, we do. We love our sponsors. How about you? And this one is for a company that everyone loves, Enron Daycare, the most trusted name in daycare. And this actually, this commercial, this live read, they want me to tell you how much, how trustworthy they are. And that there are rumors out there that you may be hearing about them, but they are patently untrue. Um, and they just want me to come out and say that they kind of left this open for me. And they want me to come out and tell you that Enron Childcare is not selling children. It's a, it's a terrible rumor. And though some children have gone missing from the, the, the childcare centers, there's no proof as to why they're missing or, or who took them. Could be human trafficking. But, but if it is human trafficking, Enron is not doing it knowingly. So Enron, you know, you, you, go to, you bring your kids to the daycare and what you'll see is great and you'll see all these great facilities. Now, whether your kids will be watched in the great facilities or they're just kind of t- as a decoy and then they're almost thrown in a dungeon and then maybe sold. But they're not sold. That's what I'm saying. Uh, I forget what I just said. That was a mistake. Enron daycare is a great place. They take care of your kids. They got all these facilities. They don't rob your kid's retirement. They don't rob your retirement. 
and they don't sell kids. This is Enron childcare. Bring your kids in, you know? Um, and they will watch them, and it'll be a great thing for everyone. And that's what I'm being told. Um, I just, as, as a personal note, I don't want to stake my re- reputation on this. And if something comes out about Enron in the future, about Enron childcare, um, if they are selling children or, or whatever they're doing, I don't know. I'm being paid to do a live read, and that's all I want you to know. Um, so that I have no liability in, for anything that happens. So Enron Childcare, they're, they're, they're pretty good. And, and they obey the law completely and totally. And they're good at watching kids. Enron Childcare. Franken Beans, please cut this off. Okay, the Adorable Boys are back on this edition of the Adorable Boy Podcast. Come on in, have a seat. Make yourself comfortable. Okay, so, um, as you all know, I'm a big broadcasting millionaire. been doing it for years. Got plenty of money. More money than I'll ever use. You know, sometimes I, I look for things to buy, some investments. I've been looking uh, at real estate lately. And that's kind of leading us into our next segment here. I met a guy. I met him on the street. He was... um that holding court with a whole bunch of people, I guess you could say. And he was wearing a dirty wife beater and, and ripped jeans. Uh, the, well, it wasn't really dirty. The wife beater was clean, actually. I don't want to. He's a clean guy, actually, all, overall. So that's what he's wearing, though. And he was talking to these people. And he was outside of a real estate agency. So I asked him, oh, you know, do you, know, do you work here or whatever? And he said he did. He said he was a real estate agent. So he, took me, he even took me around to see some properties. And then, but it was, um, we actually went to two or three properties, but there were, there weren't, I don't even know if they were for sale. It seemed like he knew the people that lived there or, or that it, there were buildings actually. It was commercial real estate. So b- before long though, I figured out that he wasn't a real estate agent. He was just some guy who, who whatever, he was, he's aggressively telling me about real estate. And then he was aggressively telling me about how he's a vegan, like almost immediately, which is pretty common. I think if you know any vegans, they're all, they're often. You know, they often offer that, they often offer, interesting, that information without you even asking. They, they, they're pretty proud of it and they want it, whatever. So he's telling me about it uh, pretty aggressively, actually. So I asked him, you know, we're always looking for new content, new characters for the Adorable Boy podcast. I asked him if he wanted to come on and uh, do, do a cooking segment. So he said yes, and, and he's walking in the studio right now. His name is Vito. He goes by uh, Vito the Vegan Guido. And he is, we're going to talk to him here, and then we're going to, he's going to do a little cooking segment for you guys. He's going to head into the adorable boy kitchen, and it's going to be great. So Vito, sit down. Yes. Make yourself, make yourself at home. Yes. Hey, Spud, uh, Yeah, you know, how, how you doing? How you doing, buddy? Good, good to see you, bro. Good to see you. Yeah, good, good. Sit down, Vito. Uh, get on the mic there. Put on the headphones. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, right. I'll, I'll sit down here. So, Vito. Um, welcome to the Adorable Boy Podcast. How long have you been uh, vegan? Oh, Spuddy, it's been like a few years now. Yeah, yeah, quite a few years back, and, and you know what? You know what, Spud? I'm gonna look you straight in the eye when I say this. Never felt better. Never felt better. Gabadoosh, you know? Gabadoosh? Exactly, Spud. 
You always get it. You, you're a smart guy. Um, I've only known you for like a day, so, but thank you. Uh, so, so let me, t- let me ask you, we're doing this whole vegan cooking thing. What do you, uh, what do you eat? What are the rules for vegans? I'm I'm kind of ignorant to it. Oh, Spudo, it's simple. I don't eat no animal. No animal products or byproducts. Capiche? Nothing. Not dairy, because that come from cows. Not meat. Not, Not even fish. None of that. None of that Guadalupe. I eat soy and beans and bada bing. I'm full and I'm happy. And and you don't uh, you don't wear any clothes that are made of animals like leather or any of that stuff. All down there, Spud. I ain't no bolognese. I gotta go out to the club and wear my leather jackets, the shoes, and and maybe maybe a sweet button down, you know, a really sweet button down, you know, real sweet button down. Because you know that's what the gals like, you know. I gotta do, you know. So it's not really about saving animals. It's more for, like, you know, for you, right? Spud, what are you, you, weak on this? I told you I don't eat animals. What's the matter you? You don't hear so good? I'm tough as nails, but I'm sensitive, huh? You're going to make me have to bop you, Spud. I don't eat animals. I like animals. I'm sensitive. Well, I know, but you wear them, so. Oh, gabadoga, yeah. Oh, Spud, you're, you're you're really testing me. Oh, okay, well, anyway, you're going to do a vegan cooking segment here. Um, what are you going to make? Oh, Spud, you know, I'm sorry. Sometimes, I, you know, I get worked up. You know, I got this Italian blood, you know. I apologize, yeah. So let me calm myself. I'm sorry, Spud. I'm a vegan, you know. But uh, if you say I don't care about animals again, I'm going to stab you through the heart and burn down your house. Yabado! Yeah, well, anyway, I'm, I'm going to make a nice vegan managot with spinach and bean ricotta. I know your mouth is a-watering already. I got this recipe from my mom. She would make the gravy and it would melt in your mouth. So this is your, uh, your mom's recipe? Listen, listen, Spud. Do you ever say anything about my mom again? My mother. I'm going to beat you with this iron, you hear? Why, why did you bring an iron? Never mind. Alright, so why don't you go head over to the Adorable Boy Kitchen. And I'll hit your music, and uh, you can get this this cooking segment started. Okay, okay, m- much depreciated, Spud. I think we can get through this, you know? Okay, so I, I, I go over here now, I go over there. I'm over here, I'm over there. Huh? Where, where, am I, where am I going? Yeah, Frank and Beans is going to take you over. I'm going to hit your music, and uh, we'll get to you, okay? When we're ready. When you're ready. Hey there, Guidos and Guidettes. I am Vito, the vegan Guido, and I'm here to show you how to make a beautiful vegan managotta. All vegan, all delicious. Now, this is actually better if you make the good, the marinara sauce, a few days before you want the managotta. You make it, what I do, what I personally do, Vito, the vegan Guido, what I do, is I make a whole batch in the beginning of the week, and it's so spicy, and it's so good, and I love it. And then bada bing, I got, I got gravy for the whole week. Anything I make, lasagna, vegan lasagna, uh, mortadelle, pasta chot. All vegan, all of this vegan marinara sauce. Mwah. 
Wonderful. It's my mother's special recipe. Okay, now you're going to want to use dry navy beans for this, and you cook them yourself. If I hear that you use those canned garbage beans, I'm going to come over to your house. I'm going to squeeze the scoongeal in the can opener. You got me? You got me? I'm going to squeeze your scoongeal. Now, I use 100% vegan cannoli tubes. But you can also use managot tubes. It's really up to you, you know? You know? Now, uh, first things are first. Uh, you boil them noodles. But not all the way. Because you want to know a secret? They'll cook more when they're in the hot, the, uh, the hot thing. The, the, the oven. Okay, and while those pasta machots are boiling, we start on the filling. All oh, the filling is so good it melts in your mouth. So we blend up the cashews. We get cashews because it makes things creamy. Nice and creamy and the spoon on the tons of fish. And you don't get the canned beans. And you put them with the cashews. And you put the spinach and the oregano and the garlic and the onions. And you put some onion powders and the yeast. But you want the nutritional yeast. Not the, you know, the azabastavo. And you got some nutmeg and a, and a sousson of extra virgin olive oil. You know, like every good Italian girl, huh? <laughs> and you put the ricotta in. The ricotta, you put it in. And the mozzarella. And you sprinkle the mozzarella on top of the manicotte and the ricotta and the vada and the babadaru. And you put it all in a blender. You put it in a blender. And you want to get it where it's nice and smooth. You know, like, like Gina Cafiero's legs that one night in Bayona. Mmm. You don't want no gritty bits or nothing. No. No razor burn in that, in that manicotte filling. Now you can make this nut free if you want to. But the cashews give it a nice creaminess, as I said before. And that's flatramusha. Now you pop the filling in the noodles and maron. You throw the whole thing in the oven and you got vegan manicot. The whole shebang. Stugats. Manicot that'll be flabaderanda for you and your family. That's the first edition of Vito the Vegan Guido on the Adorable Boy podcast. And you got to remember, you got to do me a favor. And you make this manicot and you make it nice. I go to the deli, I say, make the sandwich nice. So, just always remember from your friend Vito, use can eat meat, but use don't have to. There you have it, guys. Um, adorable boy disciples, one and all. A cooking, a cooking uh, demonstration on the radio, on the podcast, actually. So used to saying radio because I was in radio for so long. But this is indeed a podcast. Where else are you going to hear a cooking segment on a podcast? Revolutionary. Uh, I'm sure we'll hear from Vito again. I mean, you know, we'll work it out. We'll probably be back, do some more cooking uh, shows, whatever. Okay, now. Uh, we got something else planned. If you're going to move right on, this is a great thing. Now, if, if you've been listening to the podcast, you know that we've been doing, we helped out newspapers by, by figuring out the next headlines, regardless of whether they're true or not. So we had the Wheel of Trump, and that was a huge success. We did the Wheel of Biden. And this week, we're going to change it up a little. We're going to do the Wheel of COVID. Now, this isn't, 
We're not here to make headlines about COVID, though maybe that's something we'll do in the future. This one is there's so many regulations, and, and it just seems like people don't know what to do. So what we're going to do is we're going to spit. We have these three wheels here. We're going to, Frank and Beans is going to spin them. My voice went high there, huh? That's weird. Frank, no, I got to sound like a man now. Frank and Beans is going to spin them. Yep. And then I'm going to kiss a girl and, and do other manly things. So anyway, Frank and Beans is going to spin the wheels. And we're going to have, it's going to tell us the who, the when, and what they can, what they can't do, what they're prohibited from doing, or what they must do. And this is going to help, you know, the public health officials to set guidelines for COVID-19 so that it doesn't spread more. And so that, you know, everyone is safe. So we're going to spin the wheel, we're going to make these regulations. We think that the CDC and the WHO should all enact these things and make everyone follow them. Every state and local government and the federal government should adopt uh, the random things that we spin on this wheel as policy, and that's going to that's gonna help slow the spread, because isn't that the idea? We want to slow the spread. We want to flatten the curve. That's what we were told back in March. Um, and we did, and then the curve went up. I don't, I don't know what's happening. But you know what? I'm going to know what to do after we spin these three wheels a few times. And usually I read everything that's on the wheels. I'm not going to do that this time. We're just going to get right into it, and I'm going to read what's on, you know, what, what the three wheels say what precautions we need to follow and who must follow them. And it's going to be a safer world for everyone. It's going to be, this is how we stop COVID-19. We spin wheels, we make regulations, we slow the spread or, or, or don't, or flatten the, do we flatten the spread? Maybe we flatten the spread or, or, okay, whatever we're going to do. We're going to do it. Okay, so Frankenbeans has just spun it for the first time. We're going to wait till it stops here on the Adorable Boy podcast. We didn't mic the wheels again because it just kind of slows things up. We want to streamline it. Okay, here we go. So we have the first one. This applies to anyone who's named Brian. So all Brian's out there. Um, they can't wash their car on Tuesdays. So if you, if you know someone named Brian and you see him washing his car on Tuesday, stop him. Take, do whatever you have to do. I don't condone violence, but do whatever you have to do to slow the spread. Don't wash your car on a Tuesday, Brian's. If your name is Sam, wash your car. I, now, if your name is Brianna, because that's kind of the female version of Brian, I don't know where we stand on that. Um, maybe this, the wheel will tell us. But what I do know is Brian's. No washing your car on Tuesday. End of story. Slow the spread. Our next one. Okay, what do we have here? Okay, so the who is sanitation workers. Can't use power washers after dinner. That's it. End of story. If you're a sanitation worker and you're power washing something after dinner, you're spreading COVID and that can't happen. So just don't do it. I guess if you quit your job, you can then use your, your power washer after dinner. But why quit your job? Jobs are so scarce now because of COVID. Power wash before dinner. Power wash when you wake up in the morning. Just from that time from dinner to when you go to bed. Don't power wash, or the COVID will run wild, like Hulkamania. Okay, now we have the next one. The Irish, so that's anyone from Ireland, and I think that includes Irish Americans too. Can't use silverware during a snowstorm. So 
if you live somewhere in the south where it doesn't snow or, you know, out west, don't worry about this one. You can use your silverware whenever. But if you're Irish and you see snow falling out of that sky, if you use silverware, you will infect millions of people with COVID-19. So don't. Easy precaution to follow. Help us help you. These are the precautions that need to be implemented to slow the spread of, of the virus. Okay. The next one, he, Frank and Beans just spun it. So tall people, that's the who, can't eat chicken wings during Monday Night Raw. Okay, so if you're, I don't know what the guidelines here are. I guess if you're above six feet tall, if you're a man and above, I don't know, 5'8", if you're a woman. Um, and I don't know how this works with age either, because I mean, you could be a tall 14-year-old. So I don't, I, this, these aren't for me to, to decide. If you've ever been called tall in your life, don't eat chicken wings while you're watching Monday Night Raw, the WWE's uh, Monday Night Television show. Just don't do it. Slow the spread. Slow the spread. All right. The next one. If you have had your house remodeled, that's the who, you cannot go to the movies without a ferret. Um, if I had my druthers, because of this regulation, I would have movie theaters. I'd just have a cage of ferrets. So you're not even responsible. We want to help you. We're not evil. You know, the CDC and the World Health Organization, they want to help you. Have the cage of ferrets. Ask the people as they come in. You take the temperature. You say, have you remodeled your house recently? If they have, give them a ferret. Have them enjoy the movie. If they haven't, just have them enjoy the movie. That's fine. But if you've, if you've had your house remodeled for the sake of... Of, of our country for the sake of everyone's health. Do you want to kill grandma? No. So if, if you had your house remodeled, go to the movies, have a ferret. End of story. And wear a mask and social distance and all that. Uh, because th these guidelines don't replace all that stuff. You still have to do that stuff. Do, do all this stuff on, from the wheel in tandem. That's what I'm saying. Okay. So the who on this one, the next one is boxers. Uh, must bring a guitar when they train. Easy enough. Just have a guitar in every gym, every boxing gym. Boom. Boxers have a guitar. COVID-19 isn't as bad. Moving on. Okay, so football teams named after animals cannot wear helmets while playing in Kansas City. So any NFL team, you know, if the Jaguars play the Chiefs in Kansas City, I'm sorry, no helmets. And that's going to increase concussions, but it's going to decrease COVID-19. Don't you want to slow the spread? Isn't that what you want? So if, if you're the Jaguars or the, the Bears or the Panthers, don't even bring your helmets to Kansas City. Okay? Because if you bring your helmets to Kansas City, you might wear them. And if you wear them, you're spreading COVID-19. You're a super spreader. And that's not just pro football. That's anything from, you know, peewee to college to pro to anything. If you're named after an animal and you're playing in Kansas City, no helmets. Stop the virus. We are moving right along here on the Adorable Boy podcast. We are coming up with new guidelines for COVID-19 that we believe uh, the CDC and the World Health Organization and local and state and federal governments should all enact in order to stop the spread. You don't want to kill people, do you? You don't. Okay, so now this one is kayakers must use Twizzlers as an oar on any trip. You go on kayaking, use Twizzlers. 
my advice here for kayakers is don't go kayaking until COVID-19 is done because you can't use Twizzlers as an oar. Okay. But if you do, if, if you absolutely must go kayaking, Twizzlers. And it can't, it can't be a whole bunch of Twizzlers put together in some kind of ingenious way. I mean, two Twizzlers, one on each hand. I mean, they're not even long enough to go into the water, so you're not going to get anywhere. Just don't go kayaking. That's my advice. Okay? That just, it's easy. Let's see. All right. Oh, here's the next one. Podcasters must stop kowtowing if they are Jim Cornette. I'm going to be honest. I slipped that one in there. Um, uh, maybe he'll listen. I know he's, uh, he's kind of a lemming, isn't he? That's what I think. He's a kowtower. So maybe he'll, he'll listen to that one. If, you're, if your name is Jim Cornette and you're a podcaster, stop kowtowing. That'll help stop COVID-19. And it'll help stop a deeper sickness in the world, which I call kowtowitis. You are sick with kowtowitis, Jim Cornette. Oh, but that, uh, you know, whatever. All right. Uh, the next one is, it's the who is rain. And then it says, it must fall mainly on the plane when it's in Spain. So this isn't, this isn't prohibiting. This is saying something that must happen. So if it rains in Spain, it must stay mainly on the plane. And that's, you know, I mean, it's just going to help us with the virus. I don't know how. I'm not all knowing, but I do know it'll help. I do know that. I don't know why or how, but it's going to help. Rain in Spain, please stay mainly on the plane. All right, next one. Here we go. Okay, so the who is mayors? And they must not ever dine in public without masks on. Um, I mean, that's easy. I mean... I think it's self-explanatory. Mayors are human beings, too. They can spread the virus. They can, you know. So they should just wear masks. I'm sure they all are. I'm sure there are no mayors or governors or any officials out there, government officials, who are taking, who are doing things that, who are doing, you know, who are not practicing what they preach, as I say. I'm sure there's none of them that are going out to restaurants or hair salons or anything like that. I'm sure they're all suffering along with the rest of the nation because politicians have a tendency to hold themselves to the same standards that, you know, they hold the populace to. Next one. Okay. Uh, Vice President elects. That's the who. So I guess that's Kamala Harris. Um, let's see what it is. Must not prosecute pedophiles when they have presidential aspirations. So I guess if, if the vice president, you know, has, wants to be president in the future... They can't prosecute pedophiles. And that's going to help COVID. It's not going to do a lot for kids. Um, it's going to kind of ignore them. And, you know, especially in San Francisco, when an investigation is handed right to someone and then they drop it. But um, I guess that's going to help. I guess. So I guess if you're a vice, if, say you're a DA, um, you know, years and years back, and you have political aspirations, and your predecessor. Let's say you're in San Francisco, whatever, and your predecessor hands you a, a case that he was working on about prosecuting a, a large organization, I don't know, let's say the Catholic Church or something, or any, any, anything. Um, what you got to do is drop that. Don't, don't do it. Throw out all his work. Um, 
it gets confusing because whatever, if this happens to you, if, if you're the DA of a place and this happens, not just San Francisco, anywhere, for the good of COVID, for the good of people, you know, to, to destroy COVID, not for the good of COVID, for the bad of COVID, uh, you don't prosecute a case. You don't continue, you don't continue on a case that was handed to you um, trying to bust pedophiles. You let, you let it go if you have presidential aspirations. All right. Okay, so next one is... Now, this is going to be a double negative, so stay with me here. I know the last one was kind of confusing. This one might be too, but I'll walk you through it. Okay, so you have rioters. And now, you, now listen, this is a double negative part. Rioters can't not riot at any time. So rioting is a, is a, is a, is a, is a right that we have. And, and not only is it a right, but, but preserving that right it's fighting COVID-19. Uh, as as uh, CNN newsman Chris, Chris Cuomo said, you know, where does it say that protests have to be peaceful? And, you know, we later learned in the Constitution it says that, if, if you've ever read it. Um, but to, in order to, to fight COVID, rioters must be allowed to destroy things. They must be allowed to destroy other people's businesses. They must be allowed to destroy buildings. They must be allowed to destroy the neighborhood if we're going to fight COVID. And that's it. That's all, that's all for the Wheel of COVID this week. Maybe we'll have another one and, and make more regulations. I think these are going to help. I know we all want to stop the spread and follow all these, these guidelines. Don't do what they tell you to do. Do what they tell you you must do. And we're going to beat this virus together because we're all in this together, right? Unity and all that. That's what I'm hearing. So wonderful. Follow the guidelines, guys. The adorable boys are really trying to help here. And uh, we love this country. So just follow these guidelines. Stupids. Yes, stupids is what I said. Okay. The adorable boy podcast is rolling right along. I think we can just get right into news. I think it's that time. So let's see what, um, what we got to talk about. All right, let me look at the sheet here. That Frank and Beans prepared. Well, I prepared, actually. Let's look here. Okay, it says, uh, let's see, one of the big news stories is that President uh, Bush, President Clinton, and President Obama have said that they will take the coronavirus vaccine on camera in order to prove that it um, is safe, I guess. I, my response to that is, uh, who the heck cares? Because giving three political elites of a, a shot of something that I don't even know what's in it. I don't see how that makes anyone more confident in the vaccine. Cause if there are three people that, you know, is going to get something good and, and will not be hurt. It's three ex presidents. So that I, I can't imagine how that would inspire any confidence in anyone. No, I'm not saying the vaccine will be dangerous. I'm not saying you shouldn't take it. But this is just a ridiculous... I mean, I, I really hope Americans aren't this stupid to think that this means anything whatsoever. We have no idea what they're giving these guys. Obviously, we couldn't. And, and, I, I don't, and, and let's say it's all above board. And they're actually giving them the vaccine and, and you know, whatever. And then one of them... You know, has a bad reaction to it. And, you know, heaven forbid, yeah, I said it, 
one of them, you, you know, it, it, Clinton's a very old man. What, what, you know what I mean? Um, so I don't understand how they could even think this would inspire confidence. It's a stupid publicity stunt, and I really, really, I honestly and earnestly hope that Americans aren't stupid enough, stupid enough that, that, that someone, there's not someone out there who says, well, I don't know if I was going to get the vaccine, but um, Clinton, Bush, and Obama got it, so it must be safe. I hope there's no one that's stupid out there. Get the vaccine if you want. I'm not discouraging it, and I'm not, incur- I'm not, you know, I'm not telling you you shouldn't. I'm not telling you you should. What I am telling you is that how Bush, Clinton, and Obama react to whatever they give them, whether it is a vaccine or just a placebo or whatever or nothing, um, it, it, it tells you nothing on, on, the, on the vaccine safety. Look into the studies. Look at the side effects. There's going to be side effects. There's going to be a list of side effects. I haven't researched them. But they're going to seem scary. But look at any medicine you take, and you'll get the same thing. Um, it would be interesting to see, I mean, this would be a long-term study, but to see, like, severe side effects that are as bad or worse than the actual virus, it would be interesting to see, you know, what percentage of people suffer from them um, that take the vaccine, be, you know, and compare that to the death rate of, of people who get coronavirus, or, you know, or, or, you know, mortality and morbidity and all that stuff. So... This story, the, the thing to take out of this story is don't be stupid enough to think that because Obama, Clinton, and Bush are getting it on camera, this publicity stunt, don't be stupid enough to think that that means that it's safe. It's just stupid. That's my opinion. All right, next thing. They got the hearings going on, I think, in Pennsylvania. Now, I could sit here and read you all the particulars and all the witnesses, uh, but it would just be stupid because, you know, it's, it's just... We'll talk about the spirit of the thing rather than the specifics. You can look up the specifics, who the people are. And what there are, there are people that are alleging voters, uh, voting fraud um, happened in the 2020 elections. From everything to not counting votes, to switching votes, to discouraging votes, to discarding votes. And, you know, they're not under oath, I guess. That was one of the lawmakers in, I think, Michigan, or, or it was either Michigan or Pennsylvania, made a big deal about that. And she wanted them to be put under oath. Um, and and the the head of the thing, you know, even he said, you know, that's not necessary, whatever. Um, I mean, you either these things aren't changing anyone's mind, probably. I I think it would be naive to think there was no voter voting fraud here, or and or elections in the past. I mean, how do we know? We don't. So, but whether it would have changed the outcome, who knows? Uh, it's just so, it's the it's so mucky, and that's kind of how it's supposed to be. I don't think Trump is out of it, and that's not a words of support. That's not words that I, you know that I don't support him. I don't think he's out of it. I think he probably has a plan, um, probably to take it to the Supreme Court or the House or wherever it goes next, or, or ultimately, I think he has that plan. I don't think he needs to prove. That the, that there were enough there were, there was enough fraud to change, to to put Biden ahead, let's say in votes. But if he proves, you know, there was legitimate widespread fraud, that could be enough to you know, from what I understand. So I don't know. It's and the media covers. You know, it's 
it's what you'd expect when they are covering these hearings they're talking about you know they they focus on i know there was one lady who had like a really kind of i don't know, i guess annoying some would say annoying voice um and you know they're focusing on that they're trying to make it into a circus and and they can because that's what they do and we're going to talk a little bit more about the media's influence in a minute on another news story but um it's again and i've echoed this for weeks and weeks and weeks we can't know what the truth is not just from the media we can't we have to know how we have to we have to sift through the garbage that they present us to find the facts and and to see what that means and to understand why they're why they're presenting it the way they are presenting it why they are skewing it the way they are skewing it and this is every news source everyone um that's all we can do because we can't trust them not completely and people do i know that but it's stupid especially you know cnn who i have friends who when i say cnn is liberal they say no they're not and I, there is no reasonable denying there's you can't reasonably deny that they clearly have an agenda and they're they're a corporation if you think they're news if you're stupid enough to believe that they're unbiased news that's your fault you know, that's my, that's my opinion. We, we, as a people, should be smart enough to say we reject this garbage. But we don't. So, I wish we would, but we don't. Maybe that's, you know, once, once this whole war on kowtowing is settled, maybe that's where the adorable boys focus their attention. We'll see. Um, but I, I, I just... You, I, I implore you to get the news, and, and you can get it, you can, you can pay attention to those sources, you can monitor CNN, Fox, MSNBC, you can monitor them, but don't ever take anything that any of them say as the absolute truth, un- unobjectively, I mean objectively, don't take it as the objective truth, because it isn't. They have what they want to say, they have how they want to say it, they have ways to mold the consciousness of the people that do trust them, and it's sad that people do trust them. Um, and I don't think it's stupidity, mostly. I don't. I think it's a little bit of laziness, in my opinion. You know, CNN, they're, in their minds, in these people's minds, CNN, their news, it's easier to trust them than to do what I'm saying to do and, and look at everything and sift through, through what's real, what's not real, what's biased, what's not biased. What are, they, what are they trying to get me to think and how are they doing it? Wording and, and all that. It's easier to just take it and say, no, they're news, they're fine. And I believe them. And I hate who they want me to hate, and I like who they want me to like, and I'm for what they want me to be for. And I'm against what they want me to be against. And anyone who disagrees with me is an idiot. And that's, that's the news for you. And, and look no further, we'll move into this, this next story. We just briefly talked about the hearings because, I mean, it just keeps going on, and, and, and Trump's side isn't really... Rev- you know they are they they're they're coming out with these accusations but they they need they need to, I don't know they need to officially make a big move and these hearings are something and again the media that's one thing you know how the media reports these things and it really is held true I think I might have said this in an earlier podcast they're, they're just trying to make Trump look crazy oh there's no proof there's no allegation blah, blah 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 but then you have these sworn people and and they're this regular citizens who are swearing that there was fraud and, and large fraud, large amounts of fraud. And of course, I mean, we can't, 
take them completely true, but that is some sort of evidence. And they're putting their names in, and and if if they eventually do go under oath, they're putting their their freedom on the line with what they're saying. I have a hard time now, and and they could all be lying. The skull could be an orchestration. I have a hard time believing though that these normal citizens are sitting there and lying about this. Maybe they're not normal citizens. Maybe they're you know professional actors or whatever they are. I don't believe that, but it's a possibility. You got to keep your mind open to it. But it's just when they sit there and they say exactly what the, what happened, and they have the story, and if their story stays the same throughout this whole process, it's hard for me to say that person is absolutely lying. I'm going to believe them. Even it might be naive, and I might be wrong, and I and I leave that open. But it's it's, it's you know it's it's tilting my needle towards you know what 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 happened here because there are a lot of things that don't quite make sense. And the media wavers, you know, the reporting wavers from, oh, this is all stupid and crazy to Trump is attempting a coup, you know, and, and why, they will turn up the volume on either one of those as needed, you know, if that's what they think is going to shape the American consciousness, the, American, the collective conscious of the American people. And I, I you know, posit that there, I, I think there is a collective consciousness driven by the media here. But there shouldn't be. We should all think for ourselves, be individuals. That's my opinion. Um, and, and just look at, just look at, you know, what they did with the whole mask and restrictions thing. You know, they're, they're turning us against each other. You have one side that says, I will not wear a mask ever. I am rebelling against this. This is, this is wrong. Despite the fact, and all I look at, and I could be wrong, but, but for myself personally, I say, you know, surgeons have been wearing masks for hundreds of years so that they don't transmit germs to their patients that they're, you know, cutting open. So I would think that they do block against bacteria, and I know viruses are smaller particles, but I, I imagine they could have some effect on those too. And they're not protecting you from getting it, these masks. You, you know, I mean, maybe a little bit, but not significantly. What they're doing is, if you have it in you, you're covering your nose and your mouth so that it doesn't, you know, go to someone else. But, and, and they work, but, you know, other, other, also, you know, if you do have it and you don't know it, if you do have the virus and you don't know it, you know, how you handle that mask is important. Because, I mean, that, the water, the moisture and the warmth there could be a breeding ground for it. And then you put the mask down and someone else touches it. What the heck is the point of wearing the mask in the first place? But they don't, they don't, talk about that because that's logic and that's reason all they say is the other side now that was one side that refuses to wear the mask the other side says you wear that mask you stupid redneck you st and, and this happened immediately immediately in march when this all started there were people that were were mad at these imaginary people that that they didn't even talk to that that refused to wear masks immediately hit the ground running Wear a mask or you're the worst person ever. You want people to die. And, and it just, it, it, it bothers me that, that the American public you know, join, joins one side or the other so easily. And not everyone. I mean, there are people who are reasonable. And I would actually say that there are more people who are reasonable about it. But these other extremes, they have the voice, you know, amplified by the media telling you who to hate, telling you what to do, and we get what we have here. And then that radicalizes more people, so more people drift from the middle, from the reasonable part, to either side. And it's, 
you know, we got to be better. That's it. I'm not, I'm not even calling on the media to stop what they're doing because they're not going to. We have to be better. We have to realize we think for ourselves. And logic and reason, our, our own logic and reason is the way to go. I, I would be confident that if you were going by that, you would probably wear the mask. I'm not going to tell anyone to wear a mask. I'm not going to force them. I'm not going to scream at them for not wearing a mask. You know? I'm not even... It, I, at my age, I'm a, I'm a young, vivacious go-getter. I'm not even... I don't really... You know, I'm not even going to stay away from them because I'm gambling. There I am gambling that if I get the virus, it won't be a big deal. The adorable boy alarm just went off. Um, but if I was in advanced age, if I was less healthy, yeah, I would, I would probably stay away from people that didn't wear the mask. I wouldn't make a big deal out of it. But I would say, listen, that's my personal choice. That's what I think. But, you know, so wear a mask, don't wear a mask. Just, I don't know. Those are the two sides, I guess. Both, uh, I don't know. Anyway, that's the news on, um, I, you know, I kind of went off on a tangent there, but I think it, I think it made sense. Okay, uh, speaking of the media, um, also, this guy from Project Veritas, James O'Keefe, he came out this week with, uh, I, I don't know how he did it, but he was listening in to CNN's like 9 a.m. conference calls for, for, I don't know how long, for weeks or something. And, the, you know, the president of the company was on there, and he has these recordings, these secret recordings. That um, I only heard one so far, actually. I'm actually going to look it up and see if there's more. But the one that I heard was, it was a whole bunch of, uh, and I'm going to explain what the tape was, and then I'll talk about Project Veritas. It was, you know, a bunch of executives from CNN, and they were saying how, it, it, if you looked at it, like, real, if you just listen, you know, really quick, it wouldn't have seemed like it was that big of a deal. But, but really it was, because... And maybe this guy edited these tapes. He's been accused of that kind of thing before. I don't think so. That doesn't sound like it. So Project Veritas accused... Uh, well, I mean, this is the, the, the logical conclusion that you would think. Um, saying that CNN has a game plan to, to shape the American opinion, to, the American psyche, the collective American psyche. So it was, you know, we, one of the things was we really need to... Um, emphasize they this is what they're saying this is the paraphrasing it they really did emphasize that a a that in 2000 the shift from clinton to bush was not or 2001 i guess the transition from clinton to bush was not smooth and then 9-11 happened so they want to emphasize i i mean i assume they're going to paint it that trump is making this transition not not good and so another 9-11 might happen i don't know you know, a news, a news organization shouldn't be doing that. They shouldn't be creating a narrative for the people to follow. And, and obviously, I mean, it just it shows what they do all the time. And it's every news station. They don't just want to give you the news. They want to give you the news and, say, and tell you what to think about it. So that's what this tape said. Um, let's see what else is there. So... I, I, he said he, he has hours and hours, and this is a two-minute clip that I heard. So, I mean, it's not anything anyone didn't already know, and the people that support CNN are going to still support CNN, you know, the, 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 the radicals. 
And but maybe some people in the middle will start to see, and but that's what we need. You know, a, a, a move towards this is wrong. They're trying to influence the way we think. You know, that's what I, that's that I think. People that, that think that way, people that say, hey, you know, why are you trying to steer the story in a direction? If, they, if their voice gets louder, um, then, you know, we'll be better off, really. So Project Veritas, it's, uh, it's headed by this guy, James O'Keefe. And uh, he does, like, investigative reporting. And, and, and you'll hear, as soon as you say the name... You know, the left-wingers will say, oh, he's, he lies and blah, blah, blah. And I'm not, you know, vouching for his credibility. But one thing I will say, I've looked into some of his investigations, and he puts names, and he puts faces, and he puts names of, of businesses out there. And he says, this person is doing this, and they're using this business, you know, front to do this. And he's not been sued for that stuff. If that stuff was, was true, was untrue, those people could, would easily sue him. And if it was untrue, they'd easily win. Why aren't they suing? Is it true? And they don't want that to be shown in a court of law. Now they'll tell you, oh, I'm not even going to, you know, they'll say something like, and this isn't what I've heard them say, but they'll say, I'm not going to waste my time suing him, blah, blah, blah. But if you, can, if you can clear your name and maybe even get some money out of it, you're going to do it. Because your face and name and, and maybe the business you own was just identified as, as something illegal. So, you know, that's a tick in his box that's saying, you know, he's probably not lying about everything, maybe lying about some things. But that increases his credibility in my book. Um, and, and, you know, there was another one where he was, like, caught editing a tape, and it seems like he did it, but it was just a weird, like, it was a director or something, and he called up, disguising his voice, pretending to be someone else, trying to get this director to bite on something that he did, the director didn't bite on. But then he, he edited a tape, I guess, and made accusations. James O'Keefe did from Project Veritas. And, and that one, and I, I would give you specifics, but it doesn't really matter. You know, I'm, uh, if you're looking for specifics on news stories, the adorable boys are shock jocks, okay? So, we're not, maybe we'll get a news person in here, but that's not me. But, um, so with, he was a director, and, and he tried to get him to bite on taking money. I don't remember what it was. But then he did edit the tape because the director kind of, you could tell in the phone call he kind of suspected something and he just said no, whatever. So then the director came out and, and, and proved he, he had his recording of the conversation because he was suspicious. And it proved that he didn't bite and James O'Keefe from Project Veritas edited the tape. But the, the director never did come out and deny the accusation that O'Keefe made. So O'Keefe didn't prove it. But the director never did deny it, and that, that leaves a question on my, my mind. Because if I'm accused of something that I didn't do, yeah, I'm going to release a tape saying, hey, I didn't do this. And then I'm going to deny that it ever happened, you know, what he's accusing me of. And that didn't happen. So there's another, you know, I mean, it's kind of a, a check against and check for Project Veritas. Because he did edit the tape to get what he wanted when he didn't get it, for real. But... The accusation is still out there. And to get back to the, you know, the current thing that they're working on, the CNN tapes, you know, that one tape that I listened to, it, um, it shows that they want to make, make, make Americans fearful. 
And why would they want to do that to get them to do what they want, which would be to not vote for Trump? So uh, do we want our media organization doing that? And, you know, there are CNN diehards, that, that far left side that doesn't care what they do. You know, it seems to me, and this is, I, I, I would hope that I'm wrong, but it's the only logical conclusion. They don't want their freedom. You know, and this is a big, much bigger philosophical, you know, idea. Freedom is scary. There's fear in freedom. And, you know, that's how it is. But the alternative is subjugation. And there, there's so much suffering in that. And, and, there, and there's, you know, it's, it's debilitating. Whereas freedom, freedom gives you the character inside to, to make the best out of any situation, even if it's a bad one. But what they try to do is say, now, if you're alone, that's scary because you're by yourself. And if, what happens if you fail? And you will fail. That's what they try and, try and force upon you. You know, they try to make you scared of freedom. And CNN is doing that. CNN, you know, the, the, the media as a whole, fear-mongering. Because, why? Because that's, that's what gets ratings. That's what gets money. Maybe there's a, a higher motivation by higher people. But I don't know. And we'll probably never know. But, you know, CNN, I think one of the tapes has to do with them burying the Hunter Biden story, which we all know they did. Every, everyone did, though. Fox definitely did. Everyone did. And I, to me, that, I just question why. What is their motivation for doing that? Because if that was, a, obviously, and we all know this, if that was a story, on, if, if there was tapes of one of the Trump kids, and you've heard this over and over again, but if there were tapes of one of the Trump kids doing drugs and... and engaging in illicit activity it would be everywhere and i guarantee you C- uh, cnn would have the meeting and say all right well, now we need to really emphasize how if they have these tapes what else do they have that they could use to bribe the president and his family why isn't that question being asked about hunter biden because i mean you know you smoke crack it's against the law i don't really care you know a privileged son of a politician smokes crack whatever He's destroying himself, but I, if that's what he wants to do, that's what he wants to do. He'll never get arrested for it because, you know, he's the vice president's son. You know, you, you have all these, uh, you know, erotic uh, encounters with these women. Again, it's your business, whatever. But if this, these were released by a Chinese website, and if they have these, what else do they have? And if they have them, who else has them? No one cares. But if there was Trump kids, that would be the question every single day. Maybe it would lead to another impeachment. It's ridiculous. And I don't understand how people don't see it. But, you know, maybe the Adorable Boy podcast is opening eyes. I hope we are. I really hope we are. Um, I wouldn't, you know, count on it. But, you know, whatever. Uh, what else is in the news? We did that. A lot of COVID shutdowns. I don't know why they think this will work this time. I don't know why we're not protecting the most vulnerable, especially putting our resources into that. Uh, you know, the state laws mandate masks. And I know in a lot of states, if, if you disobey that, you'll get shut down. And I think that's good enough motivation for, for, comp- for, for businesses to make people wear masks or throw them out. And I think they would do that. But a lot of st- in a lot of states, things are being forced to close. And, you know, 
And then they say, oh, you know, you're going to get a stimulus check and blah, blah, blah. It's not going to be enough. They're not recouping. These businesses are going to fail. And they don't have to. You know, in California, you know, they, they... And if you go, you know, on Twitter and stuff, I think the mayor of L.A. released a, um, you know, said everything has to be shut down, basically. And then had exceptions, which apparently were very extensive, so a lot of businesses could stay open. But you go on Twitter and people are against that. I don't understand why people think that you can just do whatever you want to an economy and, and you'll be fine. There's a reason why we don't just shut down all the time. Because it's debilitating. And the first one was difficult, and the this, this second one is going to be even more difficult. And we're not going to really see the effects for years to come. It'll affect our children. All these businesses, all these cities, you know, going by the wayside. It's, it's sad, and, and you shudder to think where we're headed. But we can always turn it around. The American people, if there's one thing that we can do, it's fight. We're tough. And we've been, we've been lulled for years and years and years into this complacency. We must wake up from that. We must. We can, this isn't, you know, a, a bullcrap inspirational speech. In the adorable boy's heart, we believe that we can do anything. We are, and, and why? It's, we're not, you know, anyone. Why, why can we, why are we so, why do I have such confidence in us? Why? Because we're the first country ever founded on the principle that all men are created equally and that is, it is you who matter. It is me. I don't owe my life to a king. I don't owe my life to, to a, an emperor or, or a queen or any of that. I can only think of those three things. I don't know why. But um, we, we, I, my life is my life and I... And, I choose it, you know, and that all comes back from the Enlightenment and from really from, um, you know, Greek thinkers. And we were the first country founded on, the, on those thoughts, on those principles. And that's why we can come back. That's why. And, and I hope that we will. I think that we will. I know that we can. I hope that we will. I hope we're not so far gone from those principles that we can't come back. The adorable boys are going to do their part. So, you know, we really got to... We, we have to... Come out of this. And we have to commit to coming out of this thing. Or it, will, or it will take us down. Don't think that we're invincible. Don't think that we can't be taken down. We're, you know... We're at a place where we don't need a foreign entity. We don't need a war. We don't need an invader. We're doing it to ourselves. Every time... You know, you judge someone for their, their you know, and, and you, you make them the enemy. You make your own countrymen the enemy. That hurts us. And those are the things that will take us down. So there's, you know, that's, the, that's from the adorable boy's uh, philosophy. And, um, well, I guess we'll, we'll have to see. We'll have to wait and see. So I guess that'll be it for this edition of the Adorable Boy Podcast. Thank you for joining us. We had a great time. What did we do? We did the Wheel of COVID. New COVID uh, restrictions after my whole diatribe there. Uh, what else did we do? Let me see. Let me look at the, uh, the, the retrospective sheet. All right. Let me get that here. 
Uh, we did the podcast war, of course. We do that every week. And uh, I, I actually went through quite a journey being hypnotized to be Jim Cornette. Scary, but necessary. Now I know my enemy even better. John Cena's inspirational tweet of the week was a roaring success. Um, so, you know, that'll be back next week. Because we'll, there's no shortage of inspirational tweets coming from John Cena. That's just the truth. We also did, uh, we met Vito the uh, Vegan Guido. And we uh, listened to him cook. I forget what he said he cooked. Doesn't really matter. He kind of rambles. Uh, and, and then makes, you know, violent threats towards me. But that's okay. I think he does that to everyone. Uh, so yeah, we had a great show. And as always, we couldn't do it without you. The Adorable Boy Disciples, millions strong out there. Thank you for, for your support. Uh, I'll just give us a plug on Twitter. You can find us at Adorable Podcast. Instagram at Adorable Podcast. Facebook, The Adorable Boy Podcast. And uh, I think we're being shadow banned on all of them. You won't see all the likes and, and retweets and all that that we get, but, you know, we're pretty popular. Uh, you can find us on Parlor. We're on there. And I guess that makes us conservative scumbags, but we're on there. We're also on Locals. So thank you. That's the end of this edition of the Adorable Boy Podcast. We will be back next time with some more wonderful, wonderful content. I, of course, am Spud. And the Adorable Boys are signing off until next week. Have a good one, guys. <laughs>